0: Welcome to the Connections Chat Podcast, where we talk about all things mental health. We believe that connecting with others through honest conversation is our greatest tool in breaking down the stigma that is often associated with mental illness. My name is Lauren Pulvador, and today we're going to be having one of those conversations. Thank you for listening. Chat everybody. This week I have our first community leader, and it's Amy Lawrence. Hi, Amy. Hi. Thanks Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today. So I'll read Amy's introduction so all of you can get to know her. Amy Lawrence is the director of counseling and social work for Denton ISD, where she oversees nearly a hundred counselors district-wide. Prior to serving as the director, she was a professional school counselor at the high school level for 12 years and a teacher for nine years. Amy is proud to say this marks her 32nd year as an educator. She's a mother of two Ditton ISD-educated children who are now both in college. She and her husband, Chris, have been married for 29 years. Well, thank you for being here, Amy. Thanks. I'm, I'm happy to do it. Yes, you have so much experience, so I'm so excited to pick your mind about mental health in the school system and just learn about everything that you've experienced. So we can get started with mental health and kids. Mental health with kids can be a difficult subject to broach. So what have you found to be a positive way to initiate those conversations with youth and adolescents? Um, Well, I believe we must express to our
1: students that um, we're emotional beings as humans and feelings are a part of our life. Um, actively teaching students to name their feelings, helps students to cope with those feelings. Um, we can normalize mental health by making a, an analogy to physical health. You know, if we're feeling um, if we have a fever or a cough, then we go to the doctor, we go to the nurse. Well, if a student is struggling with their mental health, then it's OK to see a counselor Um taking care of the whole body. Mind, body, soul is a life skill that students need to learn. Um, This is the only life we're given. And so we need to take care of it from all
0: aspects. Absolutely. And it's like the example of somebody has a broken arm or a broken leg. They're not going to tell them, get over it. Or if you don't think about it, it'll get better. And that's the only way to eliminate the stigma is to encourage to get help. And when others need help or open up about those things to encourage that conversation.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes um, we can pride ourselves on stifling our our feelings are stifling our pain or not admitting we're in pain. Um, but a lot of research has supported that that is, is really, uh, not true that those people who can, um, recognize how they're feeling uh-huh. and then regulate those feelings tend to be healthier, um, mental, have healthier mental health,
0: yeah.
1: um, and, uh, healthier
0: brains, healthier bodies, So, yeah, definitely. And with eliminating the stigma, that means having conversations, bringing awareness to something and just normalizing mental health. How do we go about having those age appropriate conversations in the school setting? So I think this starts with educating the adults,
1: Mm -hmm. Um, both our our staff in the school system and the parents. um, They they all need to know about mental health and have a little bit of an understanding of it. Um, again, reminding people it's okay to not be okay all yeah. the time. Um, going with that same analogy of the physical health, um, we get messages from our bodies that let us know how we feel physically, like, you know, are, am I tired? Am I sick? Am I, um, am I energetic? Am mm. I in pain? Um, so we also have those signals that tell us how we're feeling mentally, Am I sad? Am I bored? Am I lonely, excited, confused, frustrated? All those things, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I think it's also important teaching uh, children a variety of feeling words Mm -hmm. um, uh, to express their emotions because that also helps them to regulate those emotions ultimately so they are ready to learn, right? Right. So the, the school system is an educational system. And... What we want to do is is help kids learn, and kids are curious. They're curious, mm-hmm. so even from a young age, they're capable of learning about how the brain uh, works. Mm-hmm. And so, we often will use like a hand model to um, to explain the brain and okay. um, like we'll, we'll make a little fist with our hand where our fingers cover our thumb. And we talk about this being the thinking part of the oh. brain. And then we even use the term flipping our lid sometimes that when we're in the emotional part of our brain, uh-huh. it's hard to think. Mm. And so, I mean, our little kindergartners can even recognize when they've flipped their lid you That's know, great. is a term. Um, but I think most importantly, um adult sharing that they also have big emotions mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when kids um, see uh, adults being OK with dealing with their own messy feelings, uh-huh. um, it gives kids permission to, you know, have messy feelings and cope with those messy feelings
0: yeah and I really like what she said about the educational aspect of teaching kids feeling words and to be able to express what they're feeling because there's such a big problem if they're feeling a certain way but they don't know how to describe it Brene Brown has an analogy of like having your hands tied behind your back like if you can't express what you're feeling if you're not able to ask for help then that's the biggest barrier right there. So being able to teach them feeling words, I can imagine that that's so helpful for them. Yeah. I, I'm actually um,
1: about three quarters of the way through um, Atlas yes,
0: of the Brain that's exactly, yes.
1: by uh, Brene Brown. Yes. And she, when she did her research and learned that so few people could name more than three emotions right. or three feeling words, um, that was really... Um, Like I was like, wow! I didn't know that. That was an aha moment for me because we've been working with kids on learning feeling words um, for a few years now. So it's it's nice to know that that's aligning with um, what we want adults to be able to do.
0: And that was the exact book that I was referencing. And there's also the HBO series. And I just love watching it because, yeah, if we don't know how to express what we're feeling, what we need, how can we ask for help? And we need to be able to check in with ourselves first. So that's really the best first step is to be able to realize and learn what we're even feeling in the first place.
1: Yeah, we talk a lot about um, being dysregulated as opposed to regulated, Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to become, have a regulated brain where we're not in that uh, hijacking the emotional part or Uh hijacking the thinking part of the brain, I guess. But when we're back in that emotional brain, it's hard for children and adults to learn when they're only using that emotional center. So we talk a lot about trying to to regulate
0: the brain. Wow. I love that. And then as far as the school system in general, what are some of the largest barriers to mental health within the school system? Well, time and resources, you know, um, that's always uh, challenging.
1: Uh, So many demands are Mm -hmm. placed on, teachers and administrators and and they are, are constantly being asked to learn this PD or do this or do that yeah. um, so finding the time to really educate our educators mm-hmm. um, can be difficult um, but my experience has been is that they're curious just like our kids and that um, they want to learn yeah and they they um, so we we find opportunities, for example, we just did a summer leadership series where we offered some sessions on um like what trauma looks like in the classroom okay. and how to manage difficult behaviors yeah. um, so and so teachers had the opportunity to sign up to come to those sessions and Yeah. We got a a lot of teachers who were interested in that. Yeah.
0: And I can imagine that's extremely helpful because sometimes trauma can show up as obviously problem behaviors. And it's that difference of looking at, okay, is this children acting out because of mental health issues? Because they learn this at home? Like there's so many different things. And sometimes that can be because of trauma. So finding those reasons why and being able to identify that in the classroom is huge.
1: Right. And I think sometimes, um, we forget to understand the why mm-hmm. behind the behavior, and we try and remind um, all educators that all behavior is communication, yeah. and all behavior has a function. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to be a, a teacher. It's, it's a lot to handle. And so the more we can arm them with some tools, mm-hmm. um, the more successful they can be to getting t- kids to a place
0: where they are learning. Absolutely. And it seems like in the last decade, there's been a greater emphasis being put on mental health professionals. And that can be having an active role on campus or just in general. But um, it seems like teams like yours have grown exponentially. So what has it been like to see that kind of growth and emphasis?
1: Well, it's, it's
0: exciting <laughs> to see the growth and the
1: emphasis because Addressing mental health is critical to improving learning
0: yeah.
1: and ultimately the success of our students, right? Um, as I said, we're an educational system and learning is always the goal. And so now our schools have some systems systems in place, such as um, we call it the multi-tiered system mm-hmm. of support, um, that addresses the needs of the whole child. So, for example, if a kiddo is struggling um, academically, um, we would refer them to this. Um, we call it MTSS committee. Mm-hmm. Um, but the same is true if they're struggling behaviorally. We would refer them to this committee. And mm-hmm. as a committee um, and with parent involvement, We try and figure out, okay, what's going on? What kind of sports does a student need? What do we need to do um, to get them um, to a place where they can be successful in the school setting? And we know children and teens can't learn until they feel safe and secure. And this starts with ensuring their mental health needs are taken care of.
0: Absolutely. And even it can be physically safe, psychologically safe. Like you said, with mental health, it's more than just feeling safe in a room. It's feeling comfortable with teacher, with other children. So that really is the first step in any environment.
1: Absolutely. That's why we put such an emphasis on building relationships and healthy, positive relationships with our students um, and even and peer-to-peer, too, student-to-student because that's um that's part of that psychological safety mm-hmm. um, uh, Rita pearson who was a longtime educator she has a a ted talk that's gone you know viral many people have watched it especially those in education uh-huh. but she always says Kids don't want to learn from people they don't like. Mm. (laughs) So, um, you know, so it's important that we develop those relationships with our children. Yeah. So that they feel that psychological safety.
0: That's so true. That got me thinking about teachers that I felt connected to and then one's not so much. (laughs) And the difference of how much I learned when I felt like they cared and they were doing everything that they could to make sure it was a safe and welcoming environment.
1: Yeah. And sometimes that comes more naturally to some people than others. Mm -hmm. And that's okay and and so sometimes we have to directly teach that. Yeah. Um one of our campuses in the district every single morning every student as they walk in the building is greeted with a with a good morning and oh, a wow. handshake and a handshake. Yeah. Uh, of course um that had to we had to stop that during uh, oh, yes. COVID, but now I think they go back to it. But, um, yeah, we had to kind of switch to fist bumps and elbow bumps. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so uh, at our LeGrone Academy, yeah, every single day those kids, as they walk through the building, someone is there to greet them and tell them, hello, good morning, how are you?
0: That's so special yeah. and sweet. <laughs> yeah,
1: and so that might have been something some teachers weren't comfortable with, from the get-go, but they learned to do it. And so, um, you know, we're always learning. Yeah. Um, that never stops. And so even adults, uh,
0: have to continue to learn. Of course. And that just shows how everyone plays a role. So, um, can you speak to the role of a student assistance counselor as opposed to the professional school counselor role?
1: Yeah, so all of our counselors work with students on removing barriers to learning and success, right? That's what our role is. Mm -hmm. We're trying to help remove those barriers. So our professional school counselors provide um, classroom guidance and work with students on academic, college, career planning. Um, And additionally, these counselors will provide um, immediate responsive services. And that's what we call our tier one services, which means all kids get those services. Mm. Um, our student assistance counselors who are typically licensed professional counselors or uh, licensed master social workers, um, they will address the more uh, extreme or acute behavioral needs um, and that are considered those tier two or mm-hmm. tier three um, so we have student assistance counselors at all of our secondary campuses and at four of our elementary counselors uh, campuses. So um, the, the student assistance counselors kind of provide more of that crisis response mm-hmm. um, at some of our elementary campuses. The professional school counselor does it all. Oh, wow. Yeah, because they're the only one on campus. Yeah. And so, yeah, th- those campuses at the elementary level that do not have a student assistance counselor, mm-hmm. um, that that counselor is the, uh, wears many hats. Absolutely. say that. Yes. So,
0: and I'm sure that's a nationwide
1: issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like we're very fortunate in Denton ISD. Um, I feel like counseling is valued Mm -hmm. in Denton ISD, um, and, uh, we get a lot of support. Yeah. Um, but that is not the case everywhere. Right. And so, um, even though our elementary counselors are definitely, (laughs) you know, they have huge, um, workloads, Mm -hmm. um, we do what we can to support them.
0: Absolutely. And can you speak to the importance of community providers partnering with local ISDs for mental health support? Yeah. So um,
1: we're all in this together. I really, I really feel that. Um, the healthier our young people are, um, the healthier our community is. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't do it as a school alone. Right. We, it's so important that we partner with our, um, all of our different community agencies, um, our parents and the families, um, that we partner with, uh, you know, our behavioral health, uh, community. So, um, when we partner with our community members, we can better meet the needs of our students um, because we're all on the same page and we're all moving in the same direction.
0: And going off of that, are there specific things that you wish maybe people knew or helped schools with to be able to move towards this mission of we're all in this together or things that you wish maybe people knew? Um, well, I think, you know, it's hard to walk
1: in someone's shoes if yeah. you've never been there. And so, if you've never been in a classroom and seen some of the um, the the challenges, mm-hmm. um, or if you've never, like, some of our kiddos come from um, uh, different places, and, yeah. and parents are doing the best they can, and they're the experts on their children. Mm-hmm. Um, But some of our parents have a lot on their plates, too. Mm -hmm. And so um, it it can be um, really, really hard when you have a kiddo that shows up and maybe they've been on the bus for a long time that morning or maybe there wasn't any breakfast for them when they... Um, woke up that morning or maybe they're helping to take care of some siblings yeah. or, um, maybe they, their parents are deceased or maybe they're in the foster system or, um, you know, maybe they're in an abusive home. Mm-hmm. There's just so many different scenarios, um, and, you know, I always try and remind myself that I've been doing, like I said, I've been in this role for 10 years, but I, I constantly have to remind myself, what did it feel like when I was in the chair mm-hmm. of the counselor on a campus? And then what did it feel like when I was a teacher in the yeah. classroom? Um, so I constantly have to keep reminding myself because we all see things through our own lens, yeah. right? And um We have to uh, have some empathy with those that maybe um, don't have the same experiences.
0: Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yes, definitely. Um, And I think the world in general can use a lot more of that. But as you look around the school system and the community, what are the major gaps in services that you can see?
1: Well, I think it can be terribly overwhelming to find and navigate resources, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we can give our families resources, um, but you know, if you don't understand insurance, or maybe you don't have insurance, yeah. or what kind of therapist do I call? What kind of hospital do I need to go to? I mean, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of it's it's just like you know, if you uh, had to have a major surgery and you're getting bills from the anesthesiologist and from the hospital and from the doctor and Oh, from the extra doctor that was in the hospital room Mm -hmm. and the, you know, maybe there was another, uh, co-surgeon who came in, you know, so that can be difficult to navigate. The same is true, um, for our families that are looking for help. Mm -hmm. And then quite frankly, we just don't have enough of, um, those resources that are available at no cost yeah. or on sliding scales. Um, and then we have, you know, Denton ISD is really spread out. Mm-hmm. And portions of Denton ISD, um, like particularly long 380, have grown overnight. Mm. And so there are very few resources out there Yeah, because it's just, it was like, a road and a bunch of houses, (laughs) you know? And so the, the infrastructure hasn't caught up yet. And so, um, yeah, so it's it's a struggle to um, find resources for our families in that direction.
0: Yeah. And then if teacher, teachers are juggling so much, counselors can be spread thin at any district it can be hard to make sure you're giving the families enough time to explain as much as you can and help them as much as they can. So I can definitely see how all of that would be a barrier to getting help. Right. And, you know, again, in the school system,
1: we are our, our primary role is education mm-hmm. and educating our students. And, um, uh, we're not all insurance experts, nor, nor are our, our counselors right. in the school setting expected to be insurance experts. Um, and sometimes some, like, again, yeah, sometimes our families may not have insurance. Mm-hmm. So, um, we have opened, um, two family centers in oh, wow. our district, um, at one at Braswell High School and one at Fredmore High School. Um, that are open um, two nights a week in the evenings, and uh, we provide free counseling for our families. Oh wow! Um, so we there's a wait list I'm because sure. um, we um, most of it is the counseling is provided by interns because again, working with a community partner, uh-huh. we work with UNT and TWU to provide us some interns in counseling who are looking for hours uh, to complete their, um, their practicums. Mm -hmm. And so they will um, provide the counseling. So
0: what a great opportunity and really partnering with the community. Like you said, interns need to get hours, families need support. So putting those two together to have that resource for people. Right. Yeah. So, um, so we're making baby steps, Yeah, you know,
1: Um, but again, we're, we're all in it together. There's this great word called, Ubuntu, um, which means I am because we are. Oh wow! And so um, you know, we're only as strong individually as we are as a community. Yeah. And so um, I think it's really important that we work with our partners, our families, our parents to to support one another.
0: I completely agree. Well, thank you for what you do. It's not easy work. Um, There's just so so much that Denton is doing and Denton ISD is doing, it sounds like, to partner with the community and help students and families as much as they can. So thank you so much for sharing your story today and all of the th- great things that Denton ISD is doing and things that other educators and other schools can replicate about teaching even kindergartners about the feelings with the <laughs> little, I'm doing the little hand symbol for that can't see about the brain, um, but I love that. In closing, is there anything else that you would like to share with listeners about a message you would like to leave? I guess it's just
1: the message I want to say uh, is um, it's just really important that we take care of one another, you know, that we, we give people grace and understanding and that, um, that this is, again, the only life we're given. It's really important that we help one another um, through the good times and the bad.
0: Yeah. It's tough out there. We should all be helping each other out when we can because it's not easy. So I love that. Well, thank you so much, Amy. All right. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Connections Chat Podcast. Be sure to follow our podcast on your platform of choice to receive updates on our latest episodes. As our community is growing, we would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a review. If this episode resonated with you, please share and start the conversation with your network or support system. And together, we continue to break through the stigma surrounding mental illness.